Welcome to this APTA podcast. Defining moments spotlights a particular moment, incident, or case that either led the writer to a career in physical therapy or confirmed why they chose to become a physical therapist or physical therapist assistant. This is the account in her own words and voice of Caitlin Hall, PT, DPT, an APTA staff member and private practitioner. After a grueling first year in the George Washington University Physical Therapy Program, I was looking forward to a summer course called Interprofessional Community Practicum. This course is required for all first-year DPT students in the summer following the first two strenuous semesters of a very challenging course load. The word weed-out class is typically used for classes like organic chemistry, but I think the first two semesters of PT school should be called the weed-out semesters. Needless to say, a less didactic course was very welcomed. This summer class was where students would be exploring concepts of community health, health prevention and wellness, cultural competence, and team building through active participation in a community health service project. As part of the course requirements, students teamed up with a local organization to complete the service project. The group I joined was called Catalyst Sports, a chapter-based volunteer-run nonprofit with the mission to provide life-changing adventures for people with physical disabilities. They offer programs in adaptive mountain biking, kayaking, cycling, and in my case, rock climbing. I always enjoyed rock climbing personally, and I was curious to see the fusion between physical therapy and a sport that was physically intense and relied heavily on strength, coordination, and communication. There were volunteer roles to help don gear on the climbers, act as a belayer, who was the person on the ground holding the climber's rope to provide counterbalance, lead the warm-up activities, or sign people in, among others. For this particular event, there were over 20 climbers, all varying in age and ability. Of the various roles I could help with, I chose to be a side climber this day, helping each climber get up the wall by either physical strength, motivation, or using my body to help leverage the climber up the wall. Since I had a lot of experience with rock climbing, I felt comfortable in this role. For some of the climbers, acting as their side climber meant physically pulling them up the wall, for others, it meant climbing next to them. It was towards the end of the day, and there was a man who had recently had a stroke. He had poor motor control of one side of his body, but was able to move around with minimal assistance on the ground. His primary weakness was in his arm, and additionally, he had fairly severe broca's aphasia. This meant that he had difficulty forming and completing sentences, diminished spontaneous speech, and loss of grammatical structure. So instead of the sentence, please help me with my right hand, he would say something like, help, hand. Once he was geared up and tied into the top rope, we started the climb. The first few holds went really well. In fact, I was struggling to keep up with him. I later found out that he had climbing experience. In any case, he was the kind of person who wanted to try things on his own and really didn't like that he needed any help at all. He would let out sighs of frustration when he missed a hold, and I realized that prior to his stroke, those probably would have been easy for him to grab. It was clear that he was irritated with himself and his loss of independence. But about 20 feet up the wall, there was a slow shift in his speed. His body language seemed weakened, and the look on his face seemed defeated. 
I shouted down to our belay volunteers to hold us for a moment. Me and this man, who was merely seconds before quickly scaling the wall, were now being held up eye to eye. He whispered, down. I heard him, but something intuitively inside of me said no. I could feel the weight of his injuries in my soul. He began repeating himself, saying, down, down, down. I knew he wanted to give up, and he looked exhausted and discouraged, knowing there was still 20 feet more to ascend in our climb. I looked at him and I said, we can sit here for as long as you need. No one has anywhere better to be, and we're not going down until you reach the top. I believe in you. It took us a half hour to climb to the top of the wall. We went significantly slower than the first half. I was holding onto the holds and letting him grab onto my arm, which was much easier to grip. I was making sure his foot was firmly connected to a foothold. I was making sure his knees weren't hitting the walls. I was all over the place on the wall, making sure he had steady controlled breathing, looked exclusively up and moved at his own comfortable pace. When we got to the top, he rang the bell with his stronger arm. It was my responsibility to ensure we got up and down the wall safely. I made sure he was in a good position in his harness and slowly had our belay team lower us at the same speed while I pulled him back off the wall slightly to avoid his legs and knees getting scratched up. When we got down, I started to disconnect him from the top rope. And when I looked up, he and his wife were crying. Not a few stray tears for him, but tears rolling down his face. He had been trying to get to the top of other climbing walls the whole day unsuccessfully, and he didn't think he was going to ever again. It was then that his wife explained that he used to be extremely active, had a history of rock climbing, and thought this was just an activity of his past. This day was a huge turning point in this man's recovery and in my physical therapy career as well. Ever since that day, I realized that what physical therapists do is more than simply exercising. We act as cheerleaders, physical and motivational coaches, and confidants. We are there when our patients have setbacks and major breakthroughs. We might be the first person patients think of when there's a change in their recovery. Our opinions are valued, we are respected, and we genuinely care about our patients. We might work in unusual settings like pools, in people's homes and offices, and in rock climbing gyms. At that moment, I realized that I couldn't see myself in any other healthcare field. No job is perfect, but it is rare to work in a role in which people feel like they're getting their lives back after spending time with you. To this day, I still volunteer with Catalyst Sports. Despite working full-time at APTA, running an independent practice, and being a mom and partner, I still carve out time for it. It's a feel-good reminder of just how much we can help others up their own walls, whether it's a physical, emotional, or mental obstacle standing in their way. You can find more podcasts like this one on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts. APTA members can also read the Defining Moment column in every issue of APTA Magazine. Thanks for listening.